0: To repeat the quote from yesterday, uh, from Mingo Rinpoche. we begin to rely on another aspect of mind that exists beneath our reactivity. We call this no-self. It's the unconditioned awareness that reveals itself with the dissolution of the shattering mind that talks to itself throughout the day. Another way of saying this is that we switch mental gears from normal awareness to meditative awareness. So meditative awareness, Uh, yesterday I mentioned the four possibilities there and Minko Rinpoche is um, giving instructions for all of them. And the first, and I will, will just say a few words now. Uh, and then, throughout the week, we will go more into the details. So, the first is uh, focused awareness, shamatha practice. Pretty straightforward. You work with one object and you return your mind when you uh, engage with something else. So, you come back with your attention to the object. It can be any object, so any sense object, but also mental uh, objects like images or inner dialogues. Initially it makes sense to um, go to the five senses, not to the sixth sense, the mental mental sense. Um, Just a few words. You can't do this with control. If you try to do it with control, you will exhaust yourself. So we are not not talking about concentration here. It's it's another way to stay engaged with what is important for you. To actually pay attention to that which is important (coughs) for you. This might be the breath, the, this might be sound, this might be your intention not to harm others. So, so if you can't do it with control how you can do it, there's different processes here and I will, uh, as I said, I will go a bit deeper throughout the week. But one is curiosity, <clears throat> to become curious. Curious is almost too too weak. You become passionate, fascinated about being aware of something. So maybe that's... And then, within this... uh, bring a bit of vipassana into it, inside meditation. So you bring your, the object to the foreground of your awareness and not only you stay engaged with what is in the foreground, you also look at its nature and you start to recognize the three characteristics Anicca, dukkha, and anatta. Starting with anicca, so you go down to the vibrational level of whatever is in the foreground. That it is changing, not only not only that it comes and goes and uh, comes and stays a while and goes away away. So it is changing moment by moment. So you want to catch the moment-to-moment vibrational nature of the object, and it doesn't matter if it's pleasant or unpleasant, it doesn't matter. It's maybe nicer to, if it's pleasant, yeah? but uh, that also comes and goes, pleasant-unpleasant comes and goes. Uh, the, another uh, important thing here is to be able to stay engaged with what you want to be engaged with does not mean that this is the only thing which is happening so this is, this is a misunderstanding so you <coughs> actually have reached the fourth stage of the shamatha practice once you are able to keep the engagement with the object throughout the session with a little fluctuation, so there is a bit, you know, there's some, sometimes a bit like, oh yeah, so your mind goes to something else, yeah? and that's fine. So what is happening in peripheral awareness or in the background, it can be all kinds of stuff, there can be thoughts, you, know? you can, you know, even plant something on the side. Right? <coughs> But you still have that sense, yeah? I stayed more or less engaged with the breath or whatever the object is. Uh, Some people think, like, you have reached the fourth stage once, you know, there's that silence and there's just the breath. That's not the fourth stage. It's the ninth stage. So uh, when you take an object into the foreground don't make the mind narrow keep on pushing to to the to the surroundings you know don't kind of disappear somewhere but stay stay here and be aware of the surroundings of the sounds of your thoughts, of your feelings, the whole thing which is which is happening and then, Possibly, sometimes you have experience where this quiets down because you leave it alone. So, kind of, they give up. Yeah, they they give up uh, calling for your attention because they don't feed you. Don't feed them. Uh, but that's not something you can uh, demand. You know, like shut up. Uh, if you do something like this, shut up. Uh, then, uh, then the the. Uh, the restlessness or the not-peace of your mind grows because you started an inner war, which will need resistance and so on. So just let them play. And at one point they get tired. So that's shamatha practice. Second is flexible awareness. So flexible awareness is the practice of maybe starting a bit with the intention, okay, I'm going to do some breathing meditation, or it's good for me to kind of stabilize with the breath. But then flexible awareness is a practice where you allow that which wants to arise to arise, and you take that as the object. So you you actually don't know uh, before. So you, that does not mean that you jump around. So what's the difference of flexible awareness and distraction is you're aware of what you're doing. So you're not like caught by something, but you're aware. Okay, so there's the breath and now an emotion comes up, a discomfort in the body comes up. Okay, so now I will bring that to the foreground you allow the breath to go a bit into the background, you don't need to lose it completely, so it's still kind of there, bit of a sense as if you are breathing into the, into the, into the meditation object, not to push it away, but to create space and to be, to be engaged with it. And then, if that which is in the foreground can't, kind of loses its power, then maybe something else comes up. Let's say you have some restlessness and you bring that into the foreground, like the restlessness on the somatic level, and then you stay with it, you give space, you don't become narrow, so you stay. So you keep a sense of the vastness, but in the foreground is the restlessness. And you notice its vibrational nature. And and then possibly after some time it kind of ceases or it becomes less predominant and then something else comes up. Maybe the peace which comes when restlessness subsides a bit. So then peace comes forward and then you take that as an object. So that's flexible awareness. <clears throat> One of the best ways to heal your mind, to heal your body, and to learn from the different things which coming which are coming up. So the third possibility is open awareness, panoramic awareness, also called shamatha without object. So shamatha without object is like sitting at a mountain top, your body becomes like a mountain, your heart like the sky. And it's called objectless meditation, but actually the object is the whole field of your experience including the space within which everything is happening. That's the object. And it's called objectless meditation. And it is exactly like that, so maybe you can rather imagine, you know, to go to the beach and just sit there. And what is happening are the waves and you just allow it. You don't focus on one, you don't Try, you don't complain, you don't make comments, you're just sitting there. And thoughts come, feelings come, sensation comes. Open, choiceless awareness. Including uh, the spaciousness within which everything is happening. So and then you might notice uh, at one point, oh, I, I got caught, yeah. So then either, if it's possible, you can again step back, okay? So like you, like you are caught, you get caught by, a, by an eagle flying. So, so in, in that way you kind of switch from open awareness to focused awareness. And then you notice that, and then either you just relax back, you let the eagle do its thing, but you don't kind of single it out, or you switch to focus awareness, so you follow the eagle. That's a possibility. The trap uh, with uh, open awareness is that we slide into a space of dullness and call it open awareness. It's fine. as as long as you know what you're doing. And about dullness we might talk uh, uh, during the retreat later. Maybe one word about dullness, don't make it an enemy. First step is relax with it, accept. If you fight the dullness, you get tired, so you feed the dullness. Any inner struggle, any inner fight in your psyche drains you. It costs energy to have a war going on. So the first step is to learn to just be there with the dialysis. And peace. So the fourth is natural awareness. So natural awareness is that which reveals itself. And what Mingo Rinpoche here calls unconditioned awareness. It's also called pure awareness or non-dual awareness. Uh, the cognized it's it is the cognizant empty nature of consciousness. The cognizant. Nature of consciousness, and we will flesh that out a bit what that means. So, natural awareness is not a practice, that's why it's also called non meditation. It's not something you can do, that's why Mingo Rinpoche says here it reveals itself. Actually, maybe it's better to say there's two possibilities. Either you recognize that the great mother reveals herself all the time, or you don't. So it's not that she does not reveal herself. Oh, I have to do this and this, and then she reveals herself. No, No, it's about the recognition that she reveals herself in every moment of your life. And there's a big difference of... uh, The Great Mother revealing herself and you recognizing it or not recognizing it. If you're recognizing it, you are awakened. If you recognize her 24-7, you are Buddha. Or you don't recognize her and then you're in samsara. But it's the same place. It's now. It's not a different place. Nothing needs to reveal; she does not need to reveal herself. She always already does. So we will uh, we will uh, kind of get some pointers of Mingyur Rinpoche um, how to how to recognize her. Um, but um, there's a, there a quality of grace there. So the recognition that she reveals herself in any moment is not something you can strive for. It's not something you can work for. It's not something with like, the nine stages or something. Uh, or you know, something you know someone can explain to you the nine stages is, you know, it's just like, okay, you get some information and then you have to sit down and do it. But um, with this, uh, it's not like that. It's a bit of a mystery. Why and how and when uh, that recognition that the Great Mother reveals herself in every moment, uh, when that happens. Uh, Certainly... Pushing towards it is not helping. It's more a matter of listening. More a matter of trusting. And more a matter of learning to relax. And then, you know, hearing sentences like i just said the great mother reveals herself in any moment and to listen to the to the response in your heart to listen to respond to the response of her in your heart because she knows already that it is absolutely true what i said you don't know you will never know You will never understand. And she already knows. Yeah, so the invitation is to kind of cruise along. So this uh, kind of simple model, maybe you have something something else, so that's fine. And uh, Experiment, uh, be curious and uh, see within each session what you want to emphasize, what you're interested in, what makes sense to you, what feels good and then you, then you make uh, this journey in each session. Uh, with as little expectation as possible and if there is expectation, which there are, you will just let them come and go. Okay so this afternoon I will uh, give some space for questions so that uh, regarding uh, regarding what I just said, so that you feel kind of confident uh, how to sit, how to, uh, you know, how to do a journey uh, here, when, when you are here in this room. Throughout the sessions, as always, I will give some instructions, some pointers, uh, some of them are helpful, some of them are not, so just l- let the unhelpful stuff pass and maybe see it a bit of as a reminder, oh, where am I, where am I? what is happening, am I still doing what I wanted to do, or am I doing something else, do I want to continue? That or do I want to come back to what I wanted to do? Uh, And sometimes, uh, hopefully, some of the instructions will really kind of come at the right moment. Like, yeah, ah, yeah, right. Thank you. Uh, At this stage, it's really fine uh, if you have some self instructions going on, some reminders. Like you pick up something you, you already know or you have already heard or something I said. So you kind of pick it up and you repeat, your, repeat it a bit, like as if you are your own meditation instruction. So then you, you maybe hear a word uh, or you, you hear an instruction just like you know, letting go of the grasping or something like that. And so, the, so that's fine. That's a kind of helpful coaching voice which is, uh, which is good to have uh, for your own sitting. So let's uh, slide into meditative awareness. Always take some time to adjust your posture, to play a bit with it, to appreciate the aliveness of the posture. Noticing how even very tiny little changes make a difference. And you can experiment with uh, sitting with open or closed eyes. And initially, there's more a sense of that you allow meditation to happen, rather than that there's something special you need to do. So it's a sliding... The walking meditation. Have you done walking meditation before? A little bit. Yeah. Um, so we, we kind of do it freestyle, but there's a few rules also. <laughs> uh, so the rule is that uh, you um, go out and you find yourself a path, 10, 15, 20 meters, something like that. And you walk back and forth on that path. You can experiment with different uh, paces. So uh, might be good to start very very slow, but you know, so you can play a bit with it. What what uh, makes sense for you? What feels good for you? Uh, you might want to stop at the end of your path. doing you know, some. Of standing meditation, and then you turn around and you go the same. Uh, so, also see you know, your hands where, where, where do you want to? You have the hands you know, on the side, in front, maybe on the back. So you can play with it. Make small steps, so then it's easier to uh, keep the balance take it serious so this is not like a break or something like that so you don't need to have a coffee or I mean if you really need to go to toilet, of course it's fine. I mean we don't need to go to toilet every hour. Uh, and, and if you go to toilet ask yourself why I'm going to toilet? <laughs> well, what do I need a break from? Uh, why don't you have to break while you're walking? Uh, So nobody is looking at you, You people are, they are within their own world, so it doesn't matter, you don't need to look good (laughs) when you do the walking meditation. I'm also not looking, I mean, I'm not like kind of checking, I mean, sometimes of course I see someone just in my peripheral awareness, but I don't take someone as my uh, kind of primary meditation object. Yes, and then uh, uh, focused awareness. So, uh, within the uh, Shravakayana, uh, walking meditation is one of the main ways they cultivate shamatha practice. So, and uh, different kinds of object uh, objects often the, the sensation in your feet like the touch yeah. maybe also the the movement so lifting kind of lifting moving setting lifting moving setting lifting yeah. but also the breath so you can kind of have that as your primary object could be also a bit of combination of both, so a bit of breathing into the body, into the feet. Then flexible awareness, so a possibility if something came up in your session and you couldn't handle it very well, meaning you, you were not at peace with it, so maybe then bringing it into the walking meditation and see if that gives you a possibility to be a bit more at peace with it. So how can you be a bit more at peace with what is happening? Don't go for, how can I be at peace with what is happening? Don't go for that. That's, you know, it's too ambitious. But go for, how can I be a bit more at peace with this? And then you appreciate little openings, little, 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 little more peace, little more space. Instead of thinking, oh, I need to go into peace or something like that. Uh, So flexible awareness and then open awareness. So walking meditation is also a way to kind of, if your mind became a bit tense here, sitting, to just, you know, you connect with the environment. So flexible awareness also, you know, like if you uh, use the visual, yeah, so, yes, that's a possibility, or sound, but you know what you're doing. So it's not like, oh, oh, yeah, sound, mm -hmm." no, it's like, okay, so now sound is in the foreground, and that is my object, and you're aware of what you're doing, or the, the warmth of the sun. It's my object. And then you know what you're doing. So that's also part of flexible awareness. And then open awareness would be same same, same image. You know, you're sitting by the beach, waves coming and going, and you are just uh, open to the surroundings, to the visual, to the body, to the people moving around, and, and you're just like... So not like looking at something, but the whole like the open gaze. And here this open gaze also includes your inner world, everything, including the space within which uh, uh, within which everything is happening. the non-static vibrational nature of every experience how within you and outside of you there's nothing stable nothing lasting nothing nothing real no big deal